setting the tone in ER Retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and with me today, as always, are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Today we did... We're back to our normal introductions again. Sometimes we gotta... Yeah. Sometimes we gotta just be standard. Okay. We can't be extra all the time. Okay, okay, okay. Today we'll be discussing Season 6, Episode 15, which is titled Be Patient. The episode aired on February 24th in the year 2000. Lauren, what was going on that week 22 years ago? More sports stuff. Legend, legendary, legendary Dallas Cowboys head coach Tom Landry dies of leukemia at the age of 75. Landry won two Super Bowls with the Cowboys and has been in, has been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And Homer Simpson owns his hat. Yep. The Whole Nine Yards, the comedy film starring Bruce Willis, Amanda Peet, and Matthew Perry debuts and beats out the also debuting horror sci-fi movie pitch black for the box office crown the only thing i remember about the whole nine yards was i was clearly i was very clearly way too young to be in that movie theater but for some reason myself my older brother and my grandma all went to see it and i the only mm-hmm. part of that movie i remember is just amanda Pete's boobs nan or grandma uh grandma okay yeah yeah very that's the only part of that movie i remember only the well, second time there- I- that was the first time I'd seen a complete set of breasts on, <laughs> on film. I'd seen the singular boob in Titanic, but... So 12, it was a revelation for 12-year-old you? Yeah. I like girls, what can I say? Because um, Pitch Black is one of the Chronicle of Riddick movies, right? Yep, it's the beginning of the Chronicles of Riddick series. Oh, a joke dang. for four of us. Yep. Um, and finally, Thank God I Found You by Mariah Carey, featuring Joe and 98 Degrees, is the number one song for its first and only week. As for what else was on that evening at 8 p.m., Friends, with the episode The One with the Unagi, a.k.a. The One with the Mixtape. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> at 8.30, it doesn't get any better. At 8.30, Jesse with the episode Jesse's Coat, A Useful Crutch, Diego's Kitchen, Not So Much. As always, I don't write them, I just read them. At 9 p.m., Frasier with the episode Wine Club. That's W-H-I-N-E. And at 9.30, a Will & Grace rerun. This week's episode had 31.3 million viewers tuning in. 8 million people saw Lucy Knight die and were like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to see anymore. And dipped out after last week's episode. They could have taped it. Could have. You're right. They're they're not counting those in the Nielsen boxes, I'm sure. Uh, this week's episode is directed by Ken Quapis, doing his second of two. Previous one of his we talked about was Sins of the Fathers, and written by Sandy Krupp, doing her one and only episode as a writer. Uh, she was She's better known as a producer, uh, having produced stuff like the movie Under the Tuscan Sun and the TV series Saved. Okay. Uh, we start off this episode with Mark and Lizzie talking about the idea of David going ice fishing, and... Lizzie also notes that she left some case notes at her apartment for a presentation that she has to do about Malucci's patient from a little while back that she thought just had the flu. So she has to present to Romano about kind of what went wrong in that case. So she has to go back to her apartment because she had slept at Mark's. So she needs to go pick this stuff up. And Mark says that'll teach you for sleeping over at my place. So Lizzie is just very intrigued at the idea of ice fishing. It just baffles her. It baffles me, to be fair. Yeah, I was going to say, living, in, living both in Minnesota and uh, in the vicinity of Wisconsin, I still don't understand ice fishing. 
And then we go into Luca is getting Carrie and Mark up to speed for the morning's patience. Nothing too exciting going on so far. But Andrew's back for like 30 seconds. Yeah, real weird. Yep, and this is his last appearance. I didn't bother to go look in the episode and see where exactly, because he does like show up a couple of times. This is, I think, one of the only times he has lines. Um, mm. Otherwise, he's just kind of in the background. But uh, certainly after watching this episode, I think we could definitely classify Andrew as a Bob because yep. uh, he doesn't, th- there's definitely no indication that this is his last appearance. Yeah. So like, oh, I have to go play a Keanu Reeves lookalike <laughs> somewhere in Vegas. <laughs> I uh, know, but Abby has a call and admin about her late sc- med school payments. Again, recurring theme. Haha. Uh-huh. And Carol overhears this, and Lauren has a note. Um, I noticed while we were watching this that in the background there is another patient wearing a big, thick, fuzzy bathrobe, um, kind of in the curtain exam areas behind the desk. So maybe they just have a couple on hand to keep patients cozy. I don't know. Mm. After our big bathrobe mystery, where we were like, "Where the fuck did he get the bathrobe?" Two weeks ago. I yeah. just I noticed it. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if a, a hospital ki- you know stocked things like bathrobes. My I think my main issue is giving it to a psych patient, especially yeah. a psych oh, patient, abs- a psych patient who hasn't been seen by psych yet. Absolutely, but I'm just saying. Like I was like, bathrobe, bathrobes. <laughs> anyway, uh, but Abby's ex husband has gone full tech bro and has used her the money that he's supposed to use for her med school loans to buy stocks and so, if this and if this episode was taking place in 2022 it would have absolutely been that he bought nfts and bitcoin with her student yeah. loan money hey <laughs> hey he could have bought dogecoin or ethereum I it all I know these it, terms. it all just sounds like scam to me but yeah uh, because it is yeah oh boy so uh we go from there uh clearly uh, the writer of this week's episode, uh, Sandy, clearly she got my letters 22 years in advance because she took my cue from last week's episode of why don't we get the parents to hook up? That would have been a fun detour to take. Well, here we are because Lizzie stops by her apartment and sees her mom and David having breakfast together. Uh, and Lizzie's mom kind of awkwardly stumbles through. David came over for breakfast in his boxers and slippers. My slippers. I thought you were supposed to be ice fishing. And that takes us straight into the intro with uh, the second bang of the episode. Uh, uh, uh. No, the bang occurred last night, probably. Let me have this. <laughs> you know what? I'm just, th- Dan- Daniel, we are pedantic in so many ways. Let me be pedantic about the timing of sex on this show. <laughs> My question is, did you remember this happening? or? No, I didn't. I did not. Okay. So when I when oh. I brought that up last week, I was not like trying to be coy or anything like i literally thought that would have been I a funny I, I thought that would have been a funny detour to take you know given everything that was happening but i yeah. did not remember that this happens in the very next episode so it was a complete and total surprise to me when i was watching it this week i was like hey they did the thing that i said they should do cool but you uh, sure are. yeah right 22 it would have been the worst fucking writer 10 year old just probably <laughs> like needed to be medicated like just oh i, I would no, nothing would have gotten done uh, but Lauren, you didn't think necessarily that uh, the bangs were the appropriate choice to bring us into this if, one? If at any point we deserved a twinkle so far, this would have been an excellent twinkle to come in from. This is kind of shocking. But, like... John Cullum this... in his boxers is always bang-worthy. Take yeah. that for however you want. <laughs> Lizzie, 
yeah well let's come out of the credits uh let's let's see what that conversation sounds like between uh corday and her and her mother <laughs> goodbye lesbian see you <laughs> can i freshen your cup good lord mother i practically drank the whole pot while the two of you were saying goodbye <laughs> so are you amused bemused Irritated, shocked, chagrined. That's a start. I suppose you think at my age I shouldn't Mother, think... mother, please. Do you really think what the two of you are doing is a good idea? I'm a little older, but I'm not dead. His wife is, recently. Then bloody well good for him for getting on Mother! With... I... Is it so difficult to imagine that two people could be attracted to each other and actually act on it? were you using you know protection there are diseases you think he's diseased that's not the point and you really want to discuss this no 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 he's my boyfriend's father oh, you always cared too much about what other people think even as a little girl i did not yes you did well how would you know did the nanny tell you yes elizabeth you were so neglected don't pretend to know me when you don't. I know you a lot better than you think. I'm just trying to say, this could get very complicated. Why are you always so afraid relationships will go wrong? Well, perhaps because ours hasn't exactly gone right. I have to get to work. I'm gonna start off by saying this whole uh, episode is an audio fest because I felt incredibly self-indulgent after the last two weeks. <laughs> so I had Lizzie pull as much as possible of some of the, not necessarily lighter, but some of the just- The, the more personal drama yeah. going mm -hmm. on here. Return to the heavy, super heavy trauma shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very nice. It's very pleasant. Like it's, you know, it's nice to sort of remember what life was like before the last two episodes when yeah. this was our biggest problem not, when diseases were our big concern right not having health monitors going off all over the place like just hey, yeah, 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 yeah. How, how do we feel about this i mean i always thought it was funny and cute that corday's mom and green's dad got together yeah, I, I think it's totally uh, appropriate. Like, totally, like, it's a fun detour to take for everybody involved. It leads to some great stuff. And I just kind of wish they had maybe ran with it a little bit longer because it does yeah. sort of feel like it's a little bit abandoned based on, obviously, what happens at the end of this episode. I think it's the most precious, and I'm here for it. Yeah, because Lizzie's mom is right. She's She's older. She's not dead. Right. It's a good balm for the soul after yeah. the last two weeks. Good for her. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Uh, but then from there we go... Okay, also we should touch on Lizzie and her mom's relationship. I feel like they've kind of laid this on thick the last like three episodes since her mom's been in town, which I you know makes sense because suddenly her mom is here and I guess she's been on the show long enough that they want to start giving us more of her backstory in detail. But After two and a half seasons, mm -hmm. you would hope. Yeah, but just... It's just interesting that this is how they choose to present it over the course of these few episodes. Yeah. Just all the, oh, did the nanny tell you? Yeah, it feels like Jesus. they're playing, playing catch up a little bit. Yep. Uh, but then from there we go to, we go back to the ER and Malucci sees Chen doing paperwork at admit and he gives her shit for making the rest of them look bad. And she's like, dude, 
I'm doing chart review for Carter and Lucy's patience before I clock in. Shut up. Like, <laughs> open mouth, insert foot, Mister Malucci. Yeah, like, Which, other than other than the um, scenes later in the episode with uh, Carter and Benton um, and Carter and Chen too, but like any scene not directly involving Carter, um, this is really the only mention of the events of last week's episode outside of when we deal directly with Carter, which I think is interesting, you know, which they'll, they'll sort of establish later in the episode that it's been about a week since what happened in the last episode happened. So like it it was sort of interesting how quickly everything else around him sort of moved on. I mean, life does go on. Sure. Sure. Patients day in and day out. It just, everyone knows Carter, everyone knows Carter's upstairs and he's hurting. Right. But it just sort of, I think, uh, maybe reinforces my point of uh, last season when we had the big two-parter with the storm. When you have a big, heavy episode like that, you almost have to follow it with an episode that doesn't take place in the ER because it's sort of weird when you come back in and nobody really, everybody has just sort of moved on and gone on with their lives. It it feels strange as a viewer. I think down in the ER, Malucci is probably the one most affected by it in the ER that we see because of what happens a little bit later. Yeah. But everybody else, you know, they're just trying to keep their head above water with the traumas and stuff that are coming in. So, yeah. and it could be they are affected and they're just, you know, like, it's it's like we say how, you know, we only see snippets of what's going on. Who knows what conversations we don't see. Right. Yeah. If we're treating this as a glimpse into their world, I choose to believe that off screen there's plenty of, you know pre-counseling and all the other stuff going on for the staff but right anyway um but then we go over to abby is on the phone with luca who is driving on his well on his cell phone and she's giving him information on one of his patients and all of a sudden he almost hits a kid he stops just in time and then another dude hits the kid oh no her name is laura not great not great at all. And the all. dude ri- dude drives off. Hmm. Specifically, Luca like staring Luca dead in the eyes. Yeah, which will come into play later. Like they know they see they very clearly see each other and right. Yep. Then this is basically going to be like one our if not our A patient our our one A patient for the episode. Um, but we go back into the ER where we see uh, Abby helping remove a nose piercing with Carrie. I do want to back up just slightly with Abby mm-hmm. because there's this great moment just before this where um, I think it's right after she hangs up the phone with Luca. Um, a- a- Carrie comes over to the admit desk and starts like talking about the board and talking about what Abby needs to go do. And as she does, you get this amazing take from Andrew in the background where he starts to try to look busy because he sees Weaver coming. And, like, it's just this great nonverbal bit where he just kind of, like, sits up taller and, like, tries to shuffle papers in front of him and just just generally tries to look busy because the boss is there. Um, Good catch. It, yeah, it's just a, a really quick little nice moment. Um, Been but, there. But Abby uh, moves on from the guy with the nose piercing to her next patient, a guy uh, with bleeding hemorrhoids, uh, a guy named Ron Perth, uh, who is played by actor Christopher Rich, who appeared in the TV series Reba, The Joy Luck Club, uh, Boston Legal, and Murphy Brown. Uh, And uh, he was treated last week, uh, but unfortunately is still suffering from some bleeding. I'm ashamed to say that what I know him from out of all of those is Reba. My sister and I watched a ton of Reba after school when I was growing up. I remember it was that was, that was a WB show, right? 
I think right? so. Yeah, I, I, I was that was one of those shows that I was peripherally aware of because it was advertised a lot on channels I was watching, but mm-hmm. never seen a frame of it. I think he played Reba's ex-husband. I believe you're right. Yes, I think somebody brought that up in the comments. I'm glad I'm not alone. Okay, then. Uh, we go back out to the accident site. Laura screaming for her mom. And a bunch of adults are standing around watching Luca take care of her. I love how he says, he just, he doesn't even say like, oh, I'm a doctor. He says, I'm Dr. Kovach. Like, yeah. Yeah. He gives like, his full. Like, like everyone should know who he is. <laughs> the Dr. Kovach. Yes. Uh, but the mom shows up and the Laura's left leg is definitely broken and possibly a rib. So not good stuff. Uh-oh. It, for the continuity queens, is there a, because it'll come up in a minute when he puts him on the truck, like it's well established that he leaves before the ambulance gets there mm-hmm. where does he get all of his supplies that will come into play when he's on the truck with her in a minute maybe he just has a bag in his car it's like a full toolbox it's like a briefcase like it's he because you you see him carry it into the er like it's a full yeah. like like it's not a tackle box but it's sort of like one of those big toolkits that i know opens what you're up. Yeah, and, like, he's got, like, the big needle and stuff to do the thing. And, like, I'm just like, where did he get all of that? Like, he was on his way home to go to bed. <laughs> like, I would not be surprised if he just has a kit of that stuff in his car. Maybe. If anybody, it would be Luca. Also, I really like the name Continuity Queens for us. <laughs> That's there, fantastic. There's your sticker. There you go, Lizzie. You can finally have a sticker with your face on it. I don't want one. Okay. That's fair. Um, I'm I'm here for it, though. But... Then we go, oh, God, our B patient for the episode. Uh, Carol is talking to two girls who are asking if she can keep something confidential and <laughs> about sex, potentially. And she clarifies that if um, the part their partners are minors and no abuse is involved, she can't tell anyone, even their parents. And they're worried that they may have syphilis because it's apparently going around school. So they both want to get tested, which good for them for looking out for themselves and going to get tested. I'm applauding this so far. I'm on board. Yeah. You take care of yourselves, ladies. It just it just gets upsetting after. <laughs> oh, yeah. But right here, uh, if it's just two girls who are like, hey, we heard this was going around. Can we get checked? Totally. Take care of yourselves. Everybody go get tested regularly. It's very important. Um, but then we go back to Laura, who is struggling to breathe, and Kovach asks the plumber nearby if he can drive them to the hospital because the EMTs are taking too long. Okay, cool. So they're going to load Laura in that truck and get her on her way. Uh, Lizzie then tells Mark about their parents, and Mark goes, sure beats ice fishing. Mark's all about this. Mark is I, here for it. He loves it. I love his um, reaction. His reaction is my favorite. And she's like, well, are they going to keep doing it at your place, at my place or at yours? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, you're okay with it because it was at my house. But how would you feel if they, you know, fucked at yours? So he's like, okay, I'll talk to my dad. Fine, I'll spoil their fun. Uh, but then we go back over to the accident site again. Luca says Laura's rib is definitely broken and might have punctured a lung. Um, and she loses consciousness in the van, and then he pulls out from that toolbox that Daniel talked about the needle to for what's the pericardiosynthesis or whatever. Uh, or yeah, just she aspirate. Yeah, aspirate, to aspirate something. She has yeah. a, a tension pneumothorax, which is compressing. Ah, okay. it, it's collapsed her lung, and it is compressing her heart, uh, not allowing it to breathe. 
I'm not a doctor. I just love watching them on TV. Uh, but yeah, Luca's going to puncture the chest to alleviate the pressure from the injured lung. And of course, right as he puts the needle in, they hit a huge bump and he likely nicks an artery in because the, the, the needle site starts bleeding a ton. Not great, Bob. Uh, but they do make it to the hospital. Uh, Cleo and Benton uh, wheel her in, and Luca gives them all the rundown on what happened. Uh, we find out that the paramedics arrive two minutes after they left the scene, uh, so they're kind of lightly scolding Luca that he should have yeah, waited. Yeah, Mark, Mark's throwing some shade here. Yeah. Uh, Luca helps Mark, Chuni, Benton, Lydia, and Cleo all run the trauma. It's a very crowded room in there. Uh, and we find out that she has lost more than a liter of blood so far, so Benton is prepping her for a thoracotomy. Uh, and then we go back to these teen girls getting their pelvic exams. Um, Terry, who was the first one, is fine, but now they're checking on Andrea, and she has cervical bleeding and some papules, so Carrie is a little worried and wants to get further tests done to have her screened for some other stuff. Um and Carrie tells her, we got to wait for the blood test to come back. You know, like, we're not going to know what's going on until we see those. So Carrie is clearly distressed by what she's seeing, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the uh, the girl who we will be following more closely here, Terry's going to sort of fade into the background a little bit. But Andrea is kind of our main focus here. Um, and she is a little bit of an oh, hey, it's that person, especially for me at uh, my age. Uh, actress Cara Delizia is the the one playing andrea here and she was in stuff like jag uh the inexplicably uh beloved by jake and lizzie boston public uh and uh the disney channel's answer to the x-files so weird uh where she played um the main character um it was like a paranormal type show that where she played i guess like a an early form of a blogger where she has like her own website where she details ghost stories and uh, paranormal activity and stuff like that. Um, I remember liking it as a kid. I'm sure it ages like milk, uh, but I remember it being a fun time as a kid. And it also co-stars uh, the kid from uh, Helen High Water, uh, Eric Von Detten. No. That kid, he's in it as uh, what he is in every other movie he's in. Surfer, teenage dude. Well, the X-Files is owned by Disney now, so, you know. Is it? Don't really need an answer to it. I mean, wasn't it wasn't it by Fox? I, it was. It always aired on Fox. I mean, I it aired. Yeah, it did Fox. air on Fox, but I don't know. Um, I don't know who owns the rights to it now nowadays. That's a good question. Because um, when they did all, I mean, obviously that was I think before the Fox uh, purchase by Disney. Um, but when they did all the revival stuff, it was all through uh, Hulu, I believe. So I don't know who owns it nowadays. I would I should read up on that. I mean, that's ABC, Disney, some. That's the the, the that's the co-owned. Yeah. The demilitarized uh, zone of. The, <laughs> I will I will say after we um, services we we talked about it when ER was added to HBO Max. At least in my opinion, I think it looks a little bit better on on HBO Max, even though it's it's not confirmed whether or not it's been cleaned up at all. The X Files has had one of the best like glow-ups of any 90s show uh visually Mm -hmm. like the the 4k i think they're in 4k uh rips of um x-files on where is it streaming nowadays i want to say it's maybe amazon amazon prime or hulu might be both um but uh they're gorgeous like they are stunning it is one of the best looking 90s shows you will ever see 
Hmm. Hulu is where I was watching it. And also, you're ever, like, every three-month reminder that I still need to finish X-Files. Thank you, Daniel. I mean, you don't really have to. You, you could get to, like, <laughs> season six and then just pretend okay, that everybody lived happily ever after. Point is, I'm on, like, season two. So well, finish Mad Men first and then so get back get back to it. I'll keep watching Blacklist. All right, but anyway, back to the ER. Uh, Ron, we're going back to Ron. Um is a normal blood count, but Abby wants to do a blood test with a radioactive isotope to see how we see how is it basically a more refined and do it along with I believe it's with a CT scan is what they do, mm-hmm. and then that allows the, the isotopes allow them to see potential any potential sources of bleeding. Yeah, yeah. So it seems definitely a bit more involved, and uh, Carrie comes in and asks, "What the hell?" Not ask what the hell she's doing. That's that's. <laughs> It's not Carrie and Susan. This is Carrie and Abby. We've yes. evolved. Yeah. Carrie's like, oh, okay. Can I see you on the hallway, please? It's like <laughs> very smiley, very nice about She's it. She's grown as a manager. Yeah. And she, but she is not, based on what is the evidence that Abby is presenting, she is not convinced that the test is necessary and says Abby should just, dis- should just discharge him. Say that five times. It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Just discharge. Yeah. That's, that's not how your mouth should move. Um, then we go back to the trauma with Laura, uh, whose films are those Benton is doing some good work on here with this one. It's been a while since we've really seen him shine in a trauma, except for like last episode, obviously. So it's been good to see Benton kind of back in the trenches, so to speak. And I have to do the subdued whose films are those because the last few episodes really haven't given me a good one to yell at. <laughs> so we'll get back into those soon, guys. I promise I will go back with gusto when, when the show presents it to me. Um, Yosh mentions a new trauma in two for someone coming in with a new seizure. So Mark is pulled away. Cleo drags Luca out of the room to talk to the mom. And her belly is full of blood, which draws Luca right back in. And they are taking her up to surgery. They think it's a liver laceration, if I recall correctly. Um, And they have mom come upstairs with them. And they tell Luca, stay the fuck downstairs. You're done. Like, you're off work. Go home. Go sleep. You're done. And he runs up the stairs after them once the elevator doors close. And I also want to note this. Uh, Gron Visnik is the only man who is acceptable in a black turtleneck. Normally, I hate turtlenecks. <laughs> he works it. I'm here for it. Somebody was talking mm. about that in one of the other, um, one of the ER groups recently about, mm-hmm. I, f- I think it was in reference to Doug, that he was wearing uh, a black turtleneck in an episode. And somebody in the comments, mm. somebody in the comments referred to it as the black turtleneck of doom that uh, makes its way around the doctors where you see Doug in it uh, once or twice. You see Luca in it occasionally. You will apparently see Abby in it at one point. Like it's just this, uh, this thing that sort of haunts the doctors of the ER. Uh, So we'll have to keep an eye out for the black turtleneck of doom. Uh, But we go from there uh, back to the uh, two girls Carol is working with. Uh, She asks to talk to Andrea, the girl with the potential poor test uh, alone. Uh, So the other one goes out to wait in chairs Uh, And she informs her that she might have cervical cancer, Uh, most likely uh, got it through uh, exposure to HPV uh, and is a sexually transmitted infection. Um, She's not sure which partner might have given it to her because she doesn't know how many partners she's had and essentially implies that uh, these school kids, I mean, they can't be more than about 14 or 15 and essentially implies that they're having orgies and... Uh, reminder here, everybody, 
Go get your HPV vaccinations. Yes, it's beneficial to no matter what equipment you're working with. Just <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't I mean, matter. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. At this point, it's not just um, for cervix having individuals. They are saying you know it's beneficial for everybody. So yeah. go get your HPV vaccinations because people with the people with the other parts, it, it's you don't spread it then. Yep. Everybody, everybody get cleaned up. Yeah, and use condoms, people, please. And use condoms, yes. Sex Ed with Lauren and Lizzie. Uh, Moving on. Moving on. Uh, So, yeah, we will circle back to this story a little bit later on. But we go up to the uh, OR uh, as they are heading into uh, the surgery. Luca wants to scrub in with them, but Peter tells him that he is not allowed because he is not cleared for the OR. And they basically just kind of boot him out into the hallway to wait with the mother. We will circle back to them just a little bit later. Uh, and let's go for our next audio clip here. Uh, Chen is reviewing those charts she was talking about earlier with Carter. And then there was Mrs. Saltzman in for shoulder pain, and you sent her out for an MRI, and you were right, C5-6 herniated disc. And uh, Mr. Blandelow, chest pain, ruled in for an MI, had angioplasty, and uh, he's doing okay. That's it. Thanks. No problem. Are you doing Lucy's cases, too? Told Weaver I didn't mind. How was the memorial service? Okay. It was nice. A little weird. How's everything else downstairs? <sighs> hey, same old thing. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I know everybody who works here, people drop by all day. <laughs> I bet. Even my grandmother came by. I thought you didn't talk to her anymore. Well, there's nothing like a near-fatal stab wound to put a different spin on things. Hey, I'm gonna be back to work in a couple weeks. Get rid of this bag. Maybe take up skydiving. Hmm, you do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, get out of here. I need my rest. All right. Um, You need help back on the bed? No, I'm good. Well, catch you tomorrow. Yep. Oh, uh, John... Are you okay? Yeah, fine. Listen, take it easy, okay? Yeah, thanks, Deb. I know that feel. Mm-hmm. Poor Carter. You mean you mean when you're masking and somebody catches you when you drop it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of like for what a big deal they will that the fandom at large makes about uh, you know funerals and the attendees of said funerals for things i'm a little surprised that people don't make a bigger deal out of the fact that we never get to see lucy's memorial service you know why because she's a woman Ooh, and also too now that i'm like thinking about it in my head too she's the only female character main character that they kill right is she yeah because i mean like sandy is she's not a main character secondary yeah yeah I think she is. She's a secondary character. Yeah, so she's the only main cast character that's a woman that they kill. Oh, I suppose you're right. Never thought about that. Yeah. That, I mean, I never thought about it either. It just occurred to me. But, yeah, like, it, it's interesting. I think it was when Lauren said that, when she said <laughs> said that the reason why nobody cares is because she's a woman. Like, but it would to me, that makes it even more, like, interesting. And why wouldn't we have, you know, why wouldn't we have gotten to see that? And, you know, I don't know. Just could have been interesting. So then, also, I just have to say, Noah Wiley kills this. He does such a good job yeah. with, with this whole um, acute pain situation after 
after the injury and everything. Um, but then David comes in for his pulmonologist appointment and Mark teases him about Lizzie's mom and is like, oh, you got back real fast from ice fishing. And David's like, fine, we'll go to a hotel for a night and the next couple nights because she's only here for, you know, X, Y, Z length of time. And then I'll be right back to your futon and we can just be miserable together. <laughs> Hooray. So I love how I love how David claps back on that. Very good. Um, but yeah, he's like, we'll just get a hotel. It's fine. Whatever. We'll be out of your hair. Um, but then Carol tells Carrie about Andrea and Terry at the sex parties. And Carrie is appalled, considers it a public health issue now, because clearly someone at these parties is spreading HPV, and they apparently need to now let the school know, because a boy is spreading HPV at these parties. Not great. And the girls have both left, so they can't get any further information from them. Yeah, that's the right way to do it. And so they can't um, treat Andrea further. HPV can obviously, as we see in this in this uh, storyline can be very serious mm-hmm. mm, boy but just an ups- a- such an upsetting storyline just on on face value like it's just such a like mm, shocking <sighs> yeah. also i'm gonna say this and we can decide if we want to edit this out or not but also where are all these kids having sex i was lucky if a boy would even hold my hand at their age <laughs> Watching what as as a late bloomer, where Lizzie was my first kiss at nineteen. Watching all of these storylines with like dramatic teen sex stuff, I was always just like, "What?" Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And again, <laughs> may, maybe maybe I just was not you know one of the ones that they were talking about. But like mov- <laughs> movies and TV, like definitely led me to believe that I would be having sex a lot more frequently as a teenager than I did, which was not at all. So like, at a at a boy. <laughs> Twenty-year-old well, virgin over here. Well, no, maybe okay, maybe not. No, me. <laughs> Late, me yeah, but sorry, I'm I'm, I'm trying to do my own math. I'm trying to do my own mental say, bone math. Technically, I was a teenager when I first had sex because I was nineteen. I was gonna say yeah, yeah. Go. I think I was a legal adult, but I was uh, yeah. still technically a teenager. But yeah, just movies and TV, like very warped sort of uh, perception of what is considered normal. Same, same with the drinking and the partying. Oh, yeah. Oh, that shit definitely happened in my high school. Oh, well, no, I know it happened to the cool kids, but I, would, I wasn't one of them. Right, I was, was going to say, I'm I was, sure it was happening. I, my friend group was not the cool kids, and we definitely got drunk in high school. Okay, I would, I, okay so some... Senior year, mostly, but... Some of my friends did, but for the most part, we were all pretty, pretty tame. I like was... Maybe a little weed. I was sitting on the benches out front of the school waiting for Jake to come back from the parking lot where he was getting high. <laughs> like, that was, you know... I love the two of you so much. <laughs> I had a huge falling out with two of my best friends in high school for a while because, um, like, I wasn't straight edge by any means, but, like, I was just, like, they were smoking way too much weed and it was becoming their whole personality. (laughs) And I was probably being a bit bitchy and self-righteous about it. And we had a huge falling out for a while. So, yeah, I had a very different teenage uh, experience than what a lot of these shows illustrate. Mm -hmm. I was a late bloomer and very uncool. Yep. (laughs) And yet I love you anyway. That's the spirit. This is me just not wanting to talk about any more of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because this is, this is by far, I think, kind of, well, it's up there with um, his conversation with Benton a little bit later, but like, mm-hmm. but like these two moments we're going to get with uh, Lucy's mom here who shows up, Barbara Knight uh, shows up looking for Mark and Carrie. And it just kind of like, 
once we realize who she is, like like this hush sort of falls over the the admit desk, and like Malucci especially is just sort of like, oh fuck, like I'm gonna have to deal with this. Like he's just sort of like a little shell shocked. Um, so yeah, Barbara here uh, is played by actress Gwyneth Walsh, who appeared in stuff like Star Trek: The Next Generation, as well as the movie Star Trek: Generations. Uh, the Crush uh, and Stargate SG-1. She is our high watermark person for the episode. 133 credits to her name. Uh, Malucci uh, informs her that they're both gone at the moment, uh, but she just needs to go in and clean out Lucy's locker. <sighs> so Dave follows her in there while she unlocks it. Apparently the med school gave her the combo. So Honestly, Rough. out of all the people that, this, that could have accompanied Mrs. Knight into the into the doctor's launch. I, I really like that it's Malucci actually based because you saw last episode just how like how shaken, how, shaken, how shell shocked, how traumatized he was by what was going on mm-hmm. that I think it's, I don't, I like it. It's a weird sense. of I feel like it, it would give, it gives a weird sense of closure to his, yes. to his reaction to the, the events of last episode. Mm hmm. Cause like he's very like he's very nervous in the background. He was like, I don't like I don't know what to do with my hands. Type of like, nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so. definitely one of those moments where like as I if you are watching it cold and and not really thinking it through very much, it seems like a strange choice to have Malucci be the one who follows her for this. Um, but by the end of it, you're like, no, I get it. Like I'm 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 here for it. Yeah. Also. Still good with Malucci. He hasn't pissed me off yet. No, I'm, I'm, you know, at this point, I have to believe that it's somewhere in season seven that he falls off the wagon. Be- yeah, it's gotta be. be- it's when he gets the blonde hair. Hey. Oh yeah. We do, we do have a, yet. we do have a big hair change with Malucci to come. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our next audio clip here. Uh, Corday, Corday's mom has apparently checked into the Ritz Carlton, so let's find out what that's all about. I've checked into the Ritz Carlton. So I won't be needing that. Mother, this is completely unnecessary. They have a lovely view of the lake. If you'll excuse me, I have a meeting. Oh, stop it. It's just being practical, dear. At our ages, there's no reason for mothers and daughters to be living together. You say that as if we ever really lived together. I love you, Elizabeth, but I swear at times you can be insufferable. Me? I can be insufferable. What exactly do you blame me for? I don't blame you for anything. Then stop acting as if you do. So, I wasn't the conventional mother. How much time did your father offer you? This isn't about Dad. No, it's about what I couldn't provide. Fathers are rarely blamed for working too much, whereas mothers are blamed if they choose to work at all. Should you get married sometime and have a child, will you give up your work? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. And I'm sorry I set you such a terrible example. Pretty pretty valid point there from Mama Corday. I insisted on this one just because of where Elizabeth ends up in two seasons. And just the point that Mama Corday makes in general, I just needed it via audio because her delivery of it is excellent. Well, not only that, but you also gave me an excellent opportunity to point out some high-quality A-tier sign content uh, that, uh, as Lizzie and her mom are arguing with each other in the hallway, uh, over their shoulders, kind of just in between them, is an amazing sign that the math on it makes me fucking, makes my head spin. Uh, So, 
the this sign it's it's another one of those like needlessly aggressive PSA signs too uh where it starts out very like casual and then at the end kind of screams at you uh but it says just what every 28 year old wants a grandchild and it's like PSAs I feel like by nature need to be like informing the public about a problem that is happening or like you know get your vaccines or like donate blood or like there's just check your balls like whatever like there just has to be like it needs to be like a message that is like a normal like everyday kind of like thing that people deal with whereas like no matter how you slice this particular uh scenario something in here is upsetting <laughs> like something in here is yeah. like either either a 16 year old you know gave birth and then their 12 year old got pregnant or a 12 year old gave birth and then their 16 year old child got pregnant or their you know whatever like there's just there's some really upsetting math going on here lauren can we in the opposite wall of the hallway just get some of these type of signs to hang up <laughs> in the opposite wall of the hallway like when you're going to, towards the kitchen in the bedroom no because we already have my my middle earth posters are gonna go there that's fair but good try. Damn. The wall of PSAs. It would be an excellent choice, though. They could go behind the couch. If we could get could. if we could get real ones from the set, absolutely, I would do that. Like, a hundred... I would, I would paper the inside of this fucking closet that I record in every week. I would absolutely do that. You guys record this episode. I'm going to go on eBay and see what I can find. <laughs> good luck. Okay. Um, but yeah, then, excellent sign catch, by the way. Good job. But then Carrie scolds Abby for ordering the test and putting it through anyway and tells her not to order tests without resident approval moving forward and that she really needs to just discharge Ron. And uh, then Luca sees Mr. Hit and Run guy getting stitched up by Malik in the hall and attacks him like Luca does. A little bit of Doug here. (laughs) And the guy said he was scared because he has a history of DUIs. Not that he was drunk this time, but he was scared of getting in trouble, so he ran. Like a piece of shit. <sighs> so Luca Luca detains him until they can get the authorities. Uh, there's some beautiful snow outside as Carol walks to what is presumably the girls' school. We think it might be Northwestern Campus downtown based on some of the hospital signage way in the background and some other architectural features. We think it must be Northwestern Campus. Mm-hmm. But no, but nothing else happens there yet. But just very pretty snow. We can buy ERTV scripts. I have seen those. Yes, they're very. They're, I don't think I haven't been tempted. Uh, but we go from there. We see uh, Abby uh, doing as she's told, uh, discharging Ron, saying goodbye to him, uh, and tells him, you know, that it's a, a really bad flu season. You know, and if you're feeling uh, feeling fluish, then maybe you should come back in fifteen or twenty minutes and get yourself checked out. Uh, and you know he's like but didn't you just you just just you just saw me and she's like well yeah I mean, you might get seen by somebody else like uh like <laughs> talk about like talk about luca acting like doug this is also a doug like this this also feels very doug rossi of like i'm gonna do what i'm told to the letter of malicious compliance here i'm gonna do what i'm told to the letter of the law but at the same time i'm gonna like also make my point so it's just a nice well we it's it's too funny because we were watching a season ten episode I think um, earlier today or yesterday and there was something Susan said where she said first you have to learn the rules and then you have to learn when to break the rules mm-hmm. and it just it carried through very well for this I thought yeah I think it's I, I just it's making me happy that we're getting to see um, 
you know, now that we are through sort of the, the elephant in the room of all in the family, it's nice that we're getting to see Abby get to stretch her legs a little bit as a character and get comfortable, you know, like we're, we're through the like awkward introduction bit and we're through the, the big elephant in the room. Now we can hopefully like really dig in. Um, but we go back up uh, to where Carter is uh, in the hospital. Um, see him uh, walking down the hall with his walker and a, a attending person. A, 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 what would you call that person? PT person. Yeah, PT person. You know, and he's like, he's like, I can go get the wheelchair. Like, you know, Carter's clearly struggling, um, and he almost falls a couple times. And but he's adamant that he wants to make it back to his room under his own power. Uh, and he uh, then looks up and sees Mrs. Knight show up. Mm. we will circle back to those two in just a bit. Uh, but we then go back to the school where we see Carol coming out of the building and runs into Terry and uh, uh, Andrea. Uh, and they are, uh, you know, of course, assuming that Carol is there to talk to the school and presumably their parents and are, you know, rightfully upset. And they call her a bitch and run off. So more to come on these two. And it looks like the, the, the coolest thing you can get is... Uh at least on eBay, is the scripts. But Darn. Daniel, you need to list that coffee maker that Troy gave us. <laughs> Troy gave us. Troy gave it Troy, to him. Troy gave it to him. He offered it to any one of us. That's true. We give, but yeah, for $1,000. There you go. <laughs> Troy Evans' personal coffee maker. From it, it smells like the back of one of Troy Evans' closets. There we go. Gross. Anyway, let's go back to the episode uh, with our next audio clip here. Corday's trying to reschedule the surgical board when uh, Mr. Green shows up. So uh, we'll have to reschedule the bowel resection for 4.30. Yep. Hello. Sorry. Didn't mean to surprise you. Certainly not twice in one day. Uh, you have your appointment. I think it's on the fifth floor. Oh, I've already been. Got poked and prodded and x-rayed out the wazoo. Damn doctors. No offense. None taken. And I'm sorry if my presence offended you this morning. Oh, I was just, uh, well, you said it, surprised. I didn't mean to make trouble between you and your mother. Oh, no. None that wasn't there already. Excuse me. Why is that? I mean, why is there trouble? Mothers and daughters, I suppose. Oh, well, you don't get to own the whole ranch on that one. Let's save a little corner for fathers and sons. Although I will admit, mothers and daughters are worse. <laughs> but that's just a woman thing. You know, the only problem with children is they grow up to be adults. Yes, we do eventually have opinions of our own. I know, but do you have to express them? It's a learned response. I'll give you that. I suggest that the four of us go out tonight, you know, sort of bury the hatchet. Mark thinks it's a great idea. He doesn't. He will. <laughs> I wish we God. got more of these two. Like, where? It's so good because we see how he is in Fathers and Sons, and then we see how much of an effort he's slowly making to warm up and open up. And just, I love how well he and Elizabeth play off each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to see a, just the tiniest little bit of it uh, in Great Expectations uh, during the Thanksgiving dinner. And, like, I just, you know, I know we're going to get more of it, you know, but I know that it's not like he's leaving right away, but just, like, 
they they really do give you no time to breathe between what happens last episode and what is revealed at the end of this episode. Like we just, we, we get, yeah. just, just let us, let us be happy. Right. Let us enjoy, no. let us enjoy David Green for a little while longer, please. I mean, he gets to go bowling. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then Carrie, uh, runs in when she hears that Ron Perth is back and she's like, didn't Abby discharge him? And she wheels the corner to see that his, the bottom of his gown is clover, cu- covered, covered with blood because he ruptured. Ow. Not great. Ugh. And somebody says, oh, it was fortunate that he came back because he wasn't feeling well. Mm. Abby mm. was right. Abby <laughs> was right. Abby knows more than Carrie Weaver does. <laughs> anyway. That was adorable. <laughs> Either, either way, let's move on to something completely depressing now. Uh, with our next audio clip, uh, Carter with uh, Lucy's mom. Chicago wasn't even her first choice. She was hoping for something in San Francisco. It took her when she was about eight. One ride on a cable car and it was her city. Uh, although she grew to love this one. You don't need to hear all this. No, it's fine. I really just wanted to stop by and thank you. Lucy always talked about you when she called, about how she was first assigned to you and and everything. She had a lot of respect for you, and I know that you must have taught her a lot. Well, she worked with all the residents, not just me. I know, but you're the one she used to mention. She, she loved her work. She was better than I ever gave her credit for. Um, can I ask you something? Yes. When you were, well, when that man stabbed you, what did you think? No. I mean, what did it feel like? fast and I didn't really know what was going on but I didn't feel a thing no pain Mm-mm. no pain holy shit Lucy was better than I ever gave her credit for mm. also that was my ankle cracking in the, in the middle of that <sighs> when he realizes here just how much she actually looked up to him even when he was treating her like shit mm-hmm. and the fucking lie just jesus christ i know i, I understand why he did it but oh my you god you can just hear Mm-mm. yeah right and the, the yeah the look the the non-verbal stuff the look on his face where you can see him sort of doing the internal calculation of like yeah i have to lie to her about this like there's there's no way i can yeah. be honest about this i have to like it's still excruciating Right, yeah, I'm I'm still in tremendous pain. It it is it hasn't stopped hurting since it happened. Like it's at least at least he could go with the lie of you know the shock of it. Your body like masks the pain mm-hmm. or whatever. Like to a layman. Uh, and once again, two points to uh, casting for uh, nailing it once again with uh, parent 
casting on this show like totally totally absolutely 100 percent believable that this lady is lucy's mom like there, there's a slight physical resemblance there's you know some little mannerism things that kind of are sprinkled in there as well like i i, I really buy this lady as lucy's mom 110 percent. absolutely so then from there mark creeps up on radiologist steve our best friend is back Yay. uh He's actually looking for his dad's scans, and while he's looking for his dad's scans, uh, Steve is complaining about the volume the ER gets versus the volume he gets in relation to the whole fucking hospital. ER wants wet reads yesterday. And I, I love him so much. But yeah, he just, Mark just casually pulls his dad's scans and puts them up on the board and fuck you, HIPAA. Ugh, yeah. Right? Like, this This is not okay. No, I, I would have thought Steve would have put up a bigger fight when he asked about it, too. Like, maybe he's just too swamped to give a shit, or he didn't like at first make the connection, and then by the time Mark had already put it up, he was like, "Oh, is that your dad?" Yeah. We, <laughs> and we also we do before he puts the scan up on the board, we do get a really um, fun little interaction between Mark and Steve, where he sort of gives Steve shit for not working very much, <laughs> like which I sort of feel like is in a few more hours. Yeah, I feel like it might be a little bit of a wink and a nod thing to how infrequently this character shows up that like. We only see him like one, maybe once a season if we're lucky, uh, which you know, unfortunately, does lead me to my next point here, where uh, this is our next to last appearance for X Ray Steve. We will get him one oh. one more time in, uh, I believe, either late season seven or early season eight. Uh, I want to see how long his face is in the credits for, because right now it's still there. Steve? He's not a credit. Yeah, he's not a credited person. But if you're watching. The, the credit sequence, there's a spot where someone is looking at an x-ray, and I am 95% sure that it's his silhouette. Ooh, now I'm going to have to go look for that. Thanks for that fucking scavenger hunt there, when I'm When I'm, do, when I'm, yeah, when I'm singing the theme like a power ballad, <laughs> I watch, and I'm telling you, I am like, I am fairly certain that he he is just like one of those little silhouette faces that they have where it's not necessarily somebody in the credits, yeah. but just like out of focus. So there's a shot where somebody's looking at a film, and I think it's him. Hmm. And now that I've said it, I'm completely doubting myself. <laughs> but I, that's always been my headcanon that it's him. Right. So. And I also realized I just started singing our theme song, not the ER theme song. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, but yeah, so we will get one more appearance of Steve uh, in a couple of years, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but we go and see Lizzie and Mark talking about uh, their big... To, uh, double date tonight uh and uh she calls mark out on how short he's being he's just given one word answers he's uh understandably a little bit shook by what he's just seen uh and so find out your dad's dying yeah it's gonna do that, that to that'll you. do it to you so we'll find out uh what's going on there a little bit later uh carol is giving carrie the follow-up on what happened with the school and then carrie applauds abby for her gut feeling and uh she uh kind of abby sort of coyly plays her way through this of like yeah it's really lucky that he came back you know like i think carrie totally totally knows that uh abby basically told him to come back but i think she also i think this is a, like a, a you know plus one on the respect scale from carrie to abby here of like you basically told like you basically ignored what i told you to do and told me to go fuck myself basically because you thought it was the right thing to do and and you were right you know so like it's and I'm sure just kind of given the way Carrie's personality is, I'm sure that type of 
usurping of her authority feels a lot different coming from somebody like Abby than it did coming from somebody like Doug. <laughs> like oh, Doug, that would have been a much bigger deal and it would have been a much bigger, like much more begrudging sort of like, mm, yeah, you were right, asshole. But here it's I mean, like Abby's also just a med student. True. It's a little different. But uh, but in, if anything, that should make it worse. You know, it should make it worse what Abby did that that she basically ignored what her superior yeah. told her to do. I could see it. I could see Carrie looking at it as a teachable moment. Like, okay, sure. Like I said, I, I, you're we're pushing you're pushing the boundaries here. So if she was wrong. Then she'd probably be like, let's not do that anymore. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. I definitely think yeah. I definitely think let's, she comes away from that though with a little bit of added respect for Abby and like, no, well, maybe this yeah. maybe this girl knows a thing or two. So we'll see. Uh, Benton tells Laura's mom that she came through surgery nice and stable, uh, so she gets to go in and see her in recovery. And uh, out in the hallway, Luca apologizes to Benton for stepping out of line. And uh, Lauren makes an excellent point here that I don't feel like we see these two on screen together very much, and I would like to see more. Like, yeah. I feel like that could have been a fun pairing, much like it was with Benton and Doug. Benton and Doug did, never yeah. really got to do that much together, uh, you know. And but the few times that they did, it was always a good time. Like it was always compelling to watch. So same yeah. sort of flavors maybe because here. Because it felt special because they didn't do it very often. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But it was also like the majority of the Doug and Benton stuff comes really early in season one. So it does sort of feel like a thing that they just they figured out, like they they did saw that it worked and then for whatever reason just didn't do it anymore <laughs> like whereas like I, I don't know like th that's a pairing that i just would have liked to see more of this is another one yep and then uh oh shit andrea's back she's being brought in with a presumed overdose uh dave is working with carol and carrie on the trauma and they're trying to find the pill bottles that were brought in with her while they treat her so they know exactly how to you know counteract the overdose because different medications have different processes that you need to follow and dave <laughs> dave kind of calls carol out and he's like are you running this because carol's bossing everybody around with how to do it which is a complaint i see often in the fandom about carol that you know that that's one of the more unrealistic aspects of her character is how often she does stuff like this where she just kind of jumps in and pretends she plays doctor during traumas that would never happen in a real trauma uh, you ready for more sadness, folks? Yes, but it's the heartwarming kind, so go for it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's go up to Carter and Benton. So tonight's the jazz club. Yeah, it's a pretty good spot. Good group is playing. Cleo knows it, too. Uh-huh. Huh. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Nothing. You're right on schedule. All right, Carter. Give it to me. Well, first there was probably coffee in the cafeteria, and then dinner in a nice but well-lit restaurant. Nothing too obvious. And maybe a sporting event, and tonight's the jazz club. We all know what happens after the jazz club. Just when did you lose the filter between your brain and your mouth? I think you might have taken it out in the OR last week. Yeah. <laughs> Here, let me I got you. it, I got it. Damn it! Carter, 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 Carter. It's all right, it's all right. You okay? I lied to Lucy's mother today. I told her that it wasn't painful to have an eight-inch knife shoved into your gut. I'm gonna start using that as a euphemism. Uh, we all know what happens after the jazz club. What happens after the, the jazz, jazz club? <laughs> I laughed so hard at that delivery. It was so good. I'll, you know what immediately sprung to my mind when I heard that cadence hmm. was uh, Batman vs Superman. Uh, what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. 
that uh-huh. matters only to you <laughs> and say, go on. I'm out. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm tapped out. Yeah. The minute you said Batman and Superman, you lost Daniel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I know exactly what that you're talking excellent. about. That movie's excellent. It is pretty good. But yeah, and just like, when did you lose the filter between your brain and your mouth? I just love, too, that like, even out of uh, the one positive thing that we can take out of this, the the terrible events of the last two weeks is that we have graduated to this new level of bromance between these two. Like we have, we have leveled up our bromance between the two of them. And I'm, I couldn't be happier about it. Cause Carter would have never said that to him before. Certainly not. And live to tell the tale. And, and now he's like, I almost died. You have to be nice. To <laughs> right. <me."> right. <laughs> hey, sometimes it takes a near death experience to level up a friendship. Right. Yeah, and then he and then we do get our little nugget in there that tells us how long it's been since last week's episode because he says he took it out of me in the OR last week, so mm-hmm. that gives us our kind of marker on the calendar of where we're at. So it's uh, it's good also, stuff. Also, showing how well Carter is not coping because of like his little I don't want to say hissy fit, but his moment of frustration with the door and him like losing his cool, losing that mask, mm-hmm. and then also. When he's, you can just tell that he's fed up. Yeah. And Benton's one of the first people he's probably let that down in front of. Mm-hmm. So, just good. And I love the little pat on the shoulder Benton gives him when he has that minute. Mm-hmm. He's just like, yep, it sucks. It's going to be okay. Uh, we go back down to the trauma where Terry shows up to check on uh, Andrea. Uh, she is able to give the name of one of the pills. Uh and uh, Carol is still working on things, pushing to intubate her. Uh, but Dave uh, wants to give the treatment a chance to work just bagging her. And uh, he ends up being right. Because I, I think they gave her something equivalent to like Narcan. Yeah, sort of. I, I forget. It started with yeah, an F. Specific version for the drug that yeah. she took. Yeah. So. The way she sits right up, though, is so good. Mm-hmm. Just like, what what's going on? All right. And it's time for our main events here tonight. Uh, it's family polling. <laughs> what i just it was perfect delivery i'm sorry i almost snorted tea go ahead uh it's time it's our family bowling time but before that we have a note about the fashion from lauren uh lizzie's uh cinch waist cargo pants are perfection this is peak aughts fashion here and i love it with the slightly with like the slight belly shirt little slight belly shirt three-quarter length sleeve it's just it's excellent i i was i was transported back in time It's an interesting game. Don't worry, you'll get it. A martini would help. Do they have those here? Well, that should do the trick. Loosen you up a bit. You want anything? No, thanks. What's keeping Mark, anyway? He'll be here, I hope. Do you know how to keep score? Not a clue. But you're learning these American games. One by one. At least I'm trying. I think that's rather adventurous of you. meeting I was running off to earlier. I missed it. Must be the first time that's happened. Yes, I think it was. I was appalled at myself. Just couldn't be bothered to go. Went and sat by the lake instead. That was freezing. The only thing colder than sitting by that lake was the conversation we had this afternoon. Elizabeth, I know I'm not the mother you wish you'd had. Not exactly true. And I keep hoping that somehow you'll forgive me for that. Problem is, you never wanted forgiveness. 
There's the rub. <laughs> Mark's father thinks children shouldn't express their opinions. Yes? Well, he's absolutely right. <laughs> I love Corday's mom. Yeah, I forgot how great she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I, I When I think of Corday's parentage and stuff and like good like gold material i always think of her dad so like i don't it, her mom for whatever reason just completely gets lost in the shuffle for me so it's nice to kind of appreciate this all over again uh and uh oh boy lizzie um like a caveman discovering fire with that bowling ball like <laughs> that's yes. maybe some of the worst bowling i have ever seen on screen or off Oh, you haven't seen me bowl, my friend. We still need to go bowling. We've been talking about this for years. We needed to just finally now, do it. Now that we can, now that not COVID's dying down, but now that we're vaccinated, we can plan a bowling date, wear our masks, and go have some fun. Maybe next time Daniel and Jake are in town, we can all go bowling, and I can get my ass kicked by all three you of go. you. Sweet. I was going to say, now's, the, now's as an opportune time as any to remind everybody that when Jake and I were like 10, 11, 12, we were in a, a weekly bowling league. Uh, so remember earlier in the episode, we were talking about all the sex he and I weren't having in high school. That might have <laughs> had something to do with it. I like how you ratted out that Jake wasn't either. I, you know, he was a man of mystery. Yeah. You know, what, what happened in the parking lot <laughs> stayed in the parking lot. Uh, Carol is checking on Andrea and holy shit she walks into the like dimly lit trauma room and you it's kind of like a halo lit around Andrea and she has this most amazing mile long stare and there's charcoal stains on the side of her mouth and her gown from where they pumped her stomach and it is the most haunting and perfect imagery ever for what this girl has gone through Mm. and Carol tells her I only told the school I didn't contact your parents. I was hoping that was something maybe you and I could do together. Oof. Like, I told the school because people could get sick and they need to know that this is going on, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to tell your parents. Like, you need to tell them because you need treatment and they have to consent to that and get you, like, get you well, but I wasn't going to break that confidence. Yeah. Mm. Rough storyline. Mm-hmm. And it's a one and done. Like we, this is the, there is no yep. follow up to this yep. later on. So, which I'm gonna say, I'm kind of glad not every single a plot patient needs to be yeah. a through line because I feel like that's something that they've kind of started doing more in the past few seasons, and it's kind of nice to have some of these heavy ones be truly one and done. Yeah. yeah, I can see the point. Uh, we go back to the bowling alley. Mark shows up and uh, sees David teasing Lizzie about her objectively terrible bowling uh, technique. Uh, and David pulls it. Putting dents in the floor. <laughs> David pulls uh, Mark aside and says, you know, hey, we can't. It can't be boys versus girls because the girls stand no chance. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Um, then we go uh, and see Cleo and Benton out on their date. First time we've actually seen these two on a like official date uh, we've heard a lot of uh, rumor and conjecture about it but we actually uh, we haven't actually seen them out and about until just now and they're talking about carter uh, as they're waiting in line for the jazz club uh, which is not a euphemism actually standing in line at the jazz club uh, and she changes her mind at the last minute and drags him to go get coffee instead and uh, benton with an excellent stinger on the way out the door you're gonna disappoint carter <laughs> which <laughs> 
And she, she's like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> she's like, what'd you say? What'd you say? What do you, what does that mean? And he's like, nothing, nothing. Just good. It means bench is going to the next level. What? Somebody's going to sit Carrot. on the bench. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I'm done. Yes. Daniel gets it. All right, let's go to our last audio clip of the night that's I totally serious. I get it. I'm just ashamed of it. <laughs> well, but let's get sad with our last audio clip of the night. Mark is uh, chatting with his dad as they're getting ready to turn in for the night. That was fun tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Dad, I need to talk to you about something. Sure. I saw your scan today, and you have lung cancer, which is spread to your liver. Yeah. That's what the doctors in San Diego said, too. How long have you known? For a while. Why didn't you tell me? You remember old Rear Admiral Norris? Yeah, how could I how could I forget him? He was missing a thumb. He used to scare me to death as a kid. He had cancer. Every time I laid eyes on him, all I could think was. Poor old bastard, he's got cancer. Hell, he lived another 12 years. But still, every time I saw him, I didn't want it to define me, Mark. I didn't want to see it in people's eyes. I didn't want to see it at all. And. I'm scared. John, call him, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. He's perfect, and I love him. Like I said earlier in the episode, why can't why can't we have at least like I don't know? Give me give me five episodes. Give me five episodes where I can just be happy for a minute and like. Nope. <laughs> this is a unrelenting TV drama. Unrelenting not a TV medical comedy or a TV medical uplifting show. Mm. <laughs> Whatever. He's so good. You get your moments, but. People's dads have to unfortunately pass away from cancer. War in general. Yeah. Well, that's a down. <laughs> I'm now. Can we can we find a way to bring this back up? John Collins is great. Has anybody watched his Broadway stuff? Because I sure haven't yet. No. No. I need to find some of it. He's just a wonderful human being. I just want more of him in this show. He is. And we that... can say nice things about the episode in general, though. Yes. Let's. Because I think this is a solid, a very solid episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing like. I have a few, a few things from it, from this episode, or one things I remember, like specifically the, the schoolgirls. Mm-hmm. I remember just the face of the one. And I remember the face with the charcoal is mm-hmm. very vivid memory for me. Um, I remember the bowling stuff, but you know, it's just a general solid episode. It's not doesn't do anything like exceptionally spectacular, yeah. but like. It's a solid. I'd give it an eight point five. Yeah, it's one I'd put on if we were just like flipping for a random episode yeah. to watch. I'd watch this one. I would never be disappointed watching this episode. Yeah, I'd give it an eight point five. That's fair. Yeah the the post big event episodes are always tricky. Like it, it is always yeah. it is always tricky to do that balancing act between following up on what you just saw, uh, and also to reminding you that 
life's going to go on and we're, and we're going to still, there's still other things that we need to worry about. Um, and also to giving the audience a chance to breathe too. And like thinking about it. So like this does as good of a job as any, as you could possibly do, I think given the, the weight of the last two weeks. Um, and I don't, you know, a hundred percent remember the stretch we're heading into between, I remember what happens towards the end of the season, but the stretch we're heading into of the next couple, I don't really fully remember as far as like what all uh, the twists and turns are going to be. And so I, an episode I would have liked to have seen somewhere in that stretch, either maybe not necessarily this one, because I, I do sort of, I am of the school of thought that you do need to give everybody a chance to breathe and you can't follow up. Uh, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like putting a set list together. You know, you can't just play all the hits one after the other. You'll burn out your audience. You have to like, you know, kind of bring them down to bring them back up kind of thing. And, but I would have liked to have seen almost something of a bottle episode, almost something of a, um, a focus episode where we just saw Carter in recovery, where it could have been, you know, him doing the physical therapy stuff. And him dealing with all the visitors coming into the room and like paying their, you know, paying their respects or, or, you know, checking on him or doing whatever. And also too watching him deal with the crushing weight of the silence when there is nobody else around. And it's, he's left with just the pain and you know, the weight of what's happened and how I'm sure he probably blames himself for it. And like, I just feel like there could have been an all time great episode centered around that concept of, what Carter's going through during these week to 10 days post what happens in all in the family. And here might not have been the best place to do it. Maybe do it next week. I think that could have been cool just to take a week to really like dig into what Carter's going through. Um, But they are going to spend so much time doing that with the drug addiction storyline later on. So maybe you don't want to overload it, but I just think that could have been a really cool concept, but it's a solid episode overall. I think, you know, eight is probably right where I'm at with it. It's, right above average and and totally one worth throwing on if you just want to watch a random episode i also find it interesting that this one from a scheduling perspective that this one came out a week after all in the family but then there's a month gap between this episode and 16 mm-hmm. yeah so from a schedule so like i could see i'm surprised that you would throw this and then be off for a month I think it's a fine one though, like. And they, but they but tend I, but to do that you... though, like around yeah. around March. Like, I think March Madness is main, uh, mainly the thing. I think they probably get out of the way of all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just I find an interesting scheduling, whatever choice. Would that... you rather have it be up to all in the family and then take the month off, or yeah, would you? That's what I think, and then. I. I would want a week to breathe no. before it was off for a month. I was going to say, no. you're going to make him sit Maybe. with Lucy uh, on the gurney at the end. There is the lasting image for no. a month. That's pretty. People would certainly be talking. I mean, that's true. Yeah, no, I would I would want a breather before it was off. Anyway, what do listeners have to say about it after you're done yawning? And give me the finger. Way to out me. Uh, Katie H says, I just watched this one. I did not like Carrie here. Abby has experienced that Carrie dismissed and Abby ended up being correct. However, I really like this episode overall. Audrey T says, I remember this episode so well. The patient, a.k.a. Brock Hart from Reba, feeling fluish, even the teen girls Carol saw. The hit and run Luca witnessed, especially Lucy's mom. Another A-plus in casting, she looks just like her. I think it's the eyes. 
STT hosts, I would like to know how much time has passed between this episode and All in the Family, because I think Carter returns to work in the next episode. So like we said, we think it's about a week, mm-hmm. based off Carter's uh, comment to Benton. Uh, at Leah1989 says, one of the first introductions to Abby trusting her gut, advocating on behalf of a patient, and later being proven right, despite attendings who disagree and try to dissuade her, a theme we'll see many times from her in the episode, episodes and seasons to come, and I'm here for it. At Dr. Lucy Knight says, I don't know what is more sad. The fact that Lucy's mom mouthed the word Lucy when she looked at her belongings and then started sobbing, or when she put her hand on her left side of her neck. Remember, Lucy had, remember Lucy had to have been stabbed on her left neck when she asked Carter, no pain. And at Basic Mall says, any episode after such a traumatic one always feels very strange. I think this is one of the better ones, seeing everyone still processing what happened and with Carter in recovery. Though the hardest part for me is Mark finding out about his father's cancer. Every time it hurts like hell. I know what's coming with Father Green and I'm not ready at all. Positively pedestrian number of listener responses. <laughs> that, 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 has, that has a lot to do with uh, me being burned out after the two and a half hour recording session for All in the Family and yeah. forgetting to put the response thread up until like late Sunday night. So yeah. if there's if there's ever a week for us to be short on them, this one's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's about going to wrap up our episode for today. Thank you all very much for listening as always. The show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at patreon.com slash Podcast. For only $1 a month, you can get access to our show notes each week. And for only $5 a month, you can get a free sticker featuring our favorite desk clerk, Jerry. 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 Sweet Jerry. That's basically what his mom calls him. Yep. Uh, two-week early access to all of our cast and crew interviews and over 40 hours of bonus audio and video content, including the full season recap episodes. A free-form monthly bonus show called The Lounge. Movie reviews, where we talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member. And flash forwards, where we do a commentary track for future ER episodes. We'd also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are at SetTheToneER on Twitter. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, And we are at SayingTheTonePodcast on Instagram. Also, be sure to check out the official Saying the Tone community on Facebook. Our theme music, as always, is provided to us by Andrew M. Edwards. And Daniel, where can folks find you at? They can find me on Instagram at dan.u, that is y-o-u dot e-l. They can also find me on my other podcast, The Popular Court, with my co-host Jake Terrell, where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little mock trial. And Lauren, where can folks find you at? Folks can find me on my personal Twitter at lowbob92345. I have a garden and no idea what to do with it. (laughs) You also play Red Dead Redemption. I also play Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, probably tweeting about the the yeeing and the hawing and whatnot. You betcha. I... I will not be tweeting about the yeeing and the hawing at the at my personal Twitter at random gamer. That's J M three R. And thanks again, everyone, very much for listening. Please join us again next time. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.